Hello, and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome everyone along to episode eight. Yep. Two we- months we've been doing this. Wow. It's gone it, quick, hasn't it? It certainly has, yeah. Eight episodes. Yeah. We'll be double figures soon. Yep. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I've had a good week this week. Good week. Yeah, we, we, we had a lot of productive work going on. We have. A lot, a lot of new ideas. Oh, a lot of stuff that we can't say. No, we can't. <laughs> Not at a lot of stuff we can't say. Oh, have we got a lot going on. Yeah, well, I think the thing the thing about all of this is, Steve, it's, it's lovely to keep things back. But we do release things every now and again, you know, through the Facebook site and through the, the website and ideally through these podcasts. So we'll keep speeding you these little tidbits, but we can't give it to you all at once. Mm, no. Maybe. maybe I'll mention one thing at the end of this podcast hello, hello, as a hello. little giveaway. See, see, folks, it's, it's, got, it's caught my, um, you know, <laughs> uh, standing on the edge. <laughs> Like you've, got to, you've got to listen to the whole podcast, and right at the end, I'm going to reveal something. Uh, I see. Yeah, because right. the thing is, people if people looked at the Facebook, kind of everything that happened on Facebook, mm. they'd know what I'm about to say. Ah, right. Because there's been a little comment that has been posted on there to do with something that we've done recently. Right. And um, people, people might wonder what that is. So oh. I'm going to tell people what that is if oh. they haven't already found it. Right. That's There's a excellent. teaser for you, isn't it? it? I love it, yeah. <laughs> okay. This week, we're going to start with a question because the question is going to lead on to a story. So we're going to mention some other questions later on in the show. But I'm going to start with this one. Now, this has come from Christine, and she asks you, Dad. She says, when you first started, did you ever get artist block? And how did you get over it? Right. Do you still get it? She says she gets it mostly when she does her own pictures, yep. more so than when she does yours. Right. So this is a really interesting question. It's fascinating, yeah. Because artist block can apply to all forms of art, art not only... No, music. Yeah. Uh, writing particularly. Write, you hear people say, I've got writer's block. Yeah. You know, they look at the page and think, what am I going to write? Yeah. It's the same as a picture. You look at the picture... How am I going to put? How am I going to interpret this picture? Hmm. So it is. Yes, it's it's something. I, I, I what I'm going to do, Steve, is I'm going to tell you a story. Good. It's a story from uh, my classes when I had did private classes in the gallery, and this concerns a lady called Jackie, lovely lady, and she wanted to do one of my sepia pictures. You know, that's using just sepia tones. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I'd already done. So she was kind of copying something that I already had. She had set about it, got a pencil, and, and very eager to go. After a couple of weeks of doing this in the class, I noticed that she'd sort of sat back, arms folded, with a, a face like thunder. So I went up and said, hello, Jackie, are you okay? She said... No, I'm not. I hate this. I'm not going to do it anymore. This is it. Finish. I'm going to rip it up. I thought, blimey. So I, I said, well, hang on, Jackie. No, let's just talk this through. Um, what don't you like about it? I don't like anything about it, she said. And she was so despondent, you wouldn't believe. Really, this was a sort of artist block. She'd got to a point in the picture where it, it wasn't looking right. She hated it. She She couldn't continue with it, you know? Mm. So I said to her, because I'd, I'd experienced this before previously, I said to her, look, I tell you what, Jackie, um, it's a shame to rip the picture up now, 
I tell you what I would do if I were you. Why don't you treat this as an exercise? You know, because everything you do is productive. You can learn from it. And I think what would happen if you carried on with a picture, uh, you would relax and you'd find a, a lot of benefit from the techniques that you'll learn. Oh, yeah, well, I suppose that's a good idea. I said, well, okay, give it a go. About three weeks later, she actually finished the picture. I went out and I said, what do you think, Jackie? Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's so lovely. Could you frame it for me, Colin? Really? Now, now how do you analyse that, Steve? Well, it's interesting because kind of it's, it's along the same theory as if you've, you've co- like effectively you're saying, okay, you've cocked it up, mm-hmm. so you've got nothing to lose. That's right. So just go ahead and do it, relax. So then she's relaxed, she's done it. And she started enjoying it because there was no, no pressure. pressure. That's it. That's the key. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you listeners out there will recognise some of these symptoms. It happens to everybody. It happened to me earlier on. It doesn't happen anymore. I don't get artist block anymore, and I haven't done for a long time. What, where you get angry at yourself like, uh, yeah, like her or, or, right. or just like frustrated? Well, I tell you what happens in nearly every picture that you do, not I do, other people do, and people starting out do, they get to a point in that picture when it doesn't look right. You know, they, maybe they've done a sky and a couple of trees and think, oh, I don't know, I don't like it. I don't know why it is. It's just something about, you know, a, a, an incomplete picture mm. that doesn't ring true. Mm. And you have to learn to get over that pitfall, really. Mm. And it is. It's something you learn with confidence and when you recognise, like, symptoms... You know what they are, and you think, okay, I know what this is, so I'm going to carry on. And it's okay if you're a teacher, and I'd already experienced it before myself and with other uh, students. So I could easily tell them, you know, what the problem was, and I knew what to do. But this is actually going to lead me on, Steve, to what we were talking about last week, you know, with Chris and the essence and the creativity. And I said, I would actually tell you this week uh, what it's all about. Well, at last, folks... I've got to the nitty-gritty bits. The wait is over. Yeah, yeah. What it actually comes down to really is this, that when you copy a picture or copy a reference picture onto your paper or your pastel paper or watercolour paper, it doesn't matter what medium you're using, you're actually looking at that reference picture and you're saying to yourself, right, now I'm going to copy this exactly as I see it which is usually the, the response. So you try to put every hair, every little detail you can see in. Gradually, you realise you're not actually succeeding because you can't do it. So you have to kind of if accept a compromise. And with experience, what you do is you uh, look at that same reference detail and you say, rather than I'm going to copy this exactly... I'm going to interpret what I see and create the impression of it. You don't say that to yourself. I would say that, but you wouldn't say that to start with because you wouldn't understand it. But that's what you're actually doing. You're saying, I'm going to create the impression of what I see or the essence of what I see. And what happens is you, the pencils particularly are good at this because they change what you actually picked up from the reference picture and they change it very subtly into something that is acceptable. Now, the more experience you have, 
the more you understand the techniques and the medium, the better you become at this. So how do you reach that point? Well, mm. And this is, this is the crux. This is, this is what it's all about, folks. But I've really got to take you back slightly to a, an incident that happened to me many years ago. I was doing a picture, copying a picture, as I've told you there, trying to get the, the best I could possibly get out of it. And I finished it, stood it up, looked at it, and I couldn't believe what I was looking at. It didn't look like a picture that I'd done. It was mm. foreign to me. Mm. And I thought, wow, this is something else. But gosh, I don't remember. I don't remember doing it. And if I can't remember doing it, how on earth am I going to do it again? So I had a kind of panic attack. Anyway, I rationed this out, I reasoned this out, and thought, well, you know, maybe if I did another picture, I'd find out what I was doing. So I did another picture straight after this. Mm. And again, again, I saw something in the picture that I had never seen before. And I thought, okay, well, maybe it's something I'm doing subconsciously. And this is really where my understanding started of understanding where creativity comes from. Before you can reach this level of understanding, before you can tap into this creativity, you have to be able to master the medium that you have. Like you must know the pastel pencils inside out, you know the numbers, the colors, the tones. You're able to produce the, the wonderful work that we do through the techniques that you learn. So you, in other words, you have to have that experience behind you. With that experience, you can then say, okay, now I know what I'm doing. All I've got to do is find the little channel to create the effects that I want to create. Now, let's go back to you look at the detail on the picture, okay? Then you transfer it onto your paper. Now, in that transfer, going through all the things I've just told you, you actually have reached a part of you that you wouldn't normally reach in normal everyday life. We, we always tend to be very rational people, you know, we, we reason things out, we work on logic. Now, none of that's going to work with creativity. Creativity comes from another part of you. It's a part of you that when you lose yourself, almost like a meditation, but not quite going that far, but when you lose yourself in uh, like your own little world, what happens is you get kind of impressions coming to you, intuitive. You get things like, uh, I get things like, uh, why don't you use this red? Why don't you use that brown? Why don't you use that gray? Hey, why don't you? It's like little messages is the best I can describe it. Many of you have heard me say in my, when I've been producing the artwork, uh, oh, that's just come to me. That's just popped into my head. You must have heard that because I've said it so many times. Because that's exactly what happens. A color would pop into my head. A color number would pop into my head. Oh, I need 191. Now, for that to happen, you've got to tune in and you've got to be able to be prepared to relax to the point of, well, not quite to the point of going to sleep, but you've got to relax to the point where you are totally absorbed in what you're doing. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, c I can relate to that in, in the fact yeah. that you have to be you completely immersed mm. into what you're doing mm. and also understand that the only way that you can do that is by completely 
being confident in your ability Absolutely. and knowing exactly what you've got to like what you are capable of That's and right. believing in your ability mm. and saying let's just let you kind of let it go you've That's got right. you kind of let yourself go with it so let's move back for the moment to the whole thing started when chris said to me how do you do that with my pictures mm. because his work as i remember telling you was absolutely immaculate mm. every hair was there but he manufactured his work you see he was he was able because of his expertise and his uh, very fine brushes he was able to create those hairs that fineness but in that he lost also lost it when you can copy exactly what you see you might as well have a photograph when you look at it and you have to interpret what you see you have to create the essence of what you see. Therefore, then you get that essence. And if you magnify that to a whole picture, that's what people see, folks. I hope that you understand that. It's a very complex thing. I've tried to put it as simply as I could because, you know, I can get much more deep than that. But basically, I've kept on the simple side, if yeah, you like. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people will want to listen to what you just said again. I know mm. I would because... Mm. I understand what you're saying and you kind of to absorb that information you kind of have to take it in again mm. I think to kind of really appreciate the understanding well, of it. One of the things that happened Steve that helped me understand this better was your mum used to come down when I was doing artwork and she used to come down Colin 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 a cup of tea for you and I said oh oh sorry dear and I, I was in another world and she used to say to me you, you're so far gone I couldn't believe it See what I mean? So I was there. I was in that little world. Mm. And it does take quite a lot of concentration. I'm sure if, uh, if you've uh, seen anybody, children particularly are like this, they, they get so absorbed in something and you have to shout at them to get them to break away from what they're doing because they're so immersed. In what, and that's what you have to do with artwork, folks. Wow, that's, that's fascinating. It's, it's never been put to me like that because that, like you say, applies to mm. lots of different art forms. Oh, it does. Um, it's fascinating. Well, have you seen a musician? If you've ever seen a musician, a, a pianist, play music and they roll their head around, have you seen that happen? Yeah. They go into their own little world. They don't care what they look like. They're not interested. All they're doing is immersing themselves in their music and their passion. Mm. So that kind of relates to the same thing. I don't do that when I'm... Well, at least I don't think I do. What, I roll your head around? I don't think I roll my head around and... <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to see that on camera. To well, see no it. one sees that. They see only see my hands. Yeah, <laughs> see your head popping in and out of view. That would be uh, <laughs> quite interesting, wouldn't it? Okay, fantastic. Well, that was well worth the wait. I don't know about anyone else listening, but I was uh, thoroughly enjoying that. Okay, well, I think we should move on to some questions because we're, we're not running out of time, but we're, yeah. we're, we're moving on quite swiftly. Right. So uh, going back to Christine's question, we've obviously answered that. You don't get it nowadays? No, no, no. People have asked me in the past, how on earth when you do the demonstrations in front of thousands of people, which I do, when I, and, and I do wonderful, I used to do some fantastic work, some of my best pictures. The cat recently, the tabby cat, you remember that tabby cat yeah. that was on? Yeah. I did that in, Il in uh, Ilkley. I did a demonstration, a very, very busy art show in Ilkley, and I did the, that cat from the beginning to the end during the art show. Wow. And look at the, the quality of that work is superb. How do you do that? How, how when you're I under pressure as under well. Under pressure. But, but pressure comes from within. And if you don't create that pressure in yourself, if you are relaxed, as I always, you, 
I could talk to people. How can I talk when I'm doing a video and, and produce yeah, the work? How, yeah. do, how does that happen? It's because you can, once you understand and you can tune into the, all of this, you do it in and out, in and out, in and out. It's because you have the experience and That's the confidence. It. That's it. You've got the key to it. Yeah. The, the experience, the confidence, the understanding, your medium. It'll come, folks. It'll come to you all eventually. Okay. Right, moving on now. We are going to move on. I've got a question here from Diane. She says, Hi, Colin. You have mentioned in the past that off video you work with your board raised. What angle would you suggest? I'm at present resting my board on the base of my lappy. I assume laptop is lappy. I don't know. Uh, or, or lap, which is approximately one inch high and I don't find it enough. Would I be able to get one made? But failing that, do you supply the raises? If not, where could I get one from? So uh, raising your board up. Yes. It, 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 in, a, in an ideal world, that's what you do. 15 degrees is a good good height with a pastel pencil. I know, you know, you see uh, artists with their easel upright, vertical. Well, you can't do that with a pastel pencil. It'll no. roll off. So what you have to do, ideally, about 15 degrees, if you can get it. I used to have a board at 15 degrees um, when I was working. Uh, the problem I've got when I'm doing the videoing, I have to have it flat because of the overhead camera. Yes. I don't have any choice. So ev whenever you see me work, folks, it's all I'm working flat. And I'm working usually at very funny angles as well because I have to show you what I'm doing. Yeah. And the camera's on the side. So it's not easy, that. So where what, what, what can she get? Oh, you can buy them. You can go into all good art stores, perhaps the bigger ones, they sell these boards that and and you can actually pitch them at the, just the right angle. Okay. I've got one down in the it says I don't use it now because of you know the, I'm most of all my work now is done on, on video. Flat. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that, Diane. The next one I've got here is from Stan. He asks, what is the best way to produce a print? Is it moral or immoral to titivate using a photo program? There never seems to be a true likeness from a direct scan to a computer. It's very difficult for me to get an absolute true likeness. Uh, right. Well, a print is a reproduction of what you've done. Is it okay, permissible to adjust it? I would say yes. I think you can. Uh, very often what I do when I'm doing, especially if I'm doing a print for Facebook, I do have to adjust the uh, pigmentation and so on. And also, I make them either a little brighter because they show up better on the camera. You'll find that there's nothing wrong with that from the print point of view. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, w I, wouldn't, I wouldn't alter it, physically alter it, the actual content. I wouldn't do that. No. But the shading, tonal values and all of this sort of thing that you can do with computers, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Okay. Excellent. Thanks for that, Stan. Last question I want to cover from Christine again. This is an interesting one. She says... This weekend, I put some of my pictures in a local exhibition and someone asked me if I would do a commission. I was taken aback, fear stepped in, and I don't know, I don't feel good enough yet. Also, I don't know how to go about charging them and how much, how much for. So she asks, how much did you, how much did you charge and how did you know when you were ready yeah. to start your first commission? Another good question. You never know when you're ready. You know, someone will say to you, can you do my you know, tittles or can I do, can you do Rover for me? And you either say yes or no. If you say yes, you're in trouble. Because straight away you're in trouble because you're under an immense pressure. Mm. They know their animal. They look at their animal every day. And 
this all goes through your mind. I've had so many sleepless nights you wouldn't believe really doing that. But it is the only way, really, to take yourself to another level because then you're forced into doing something. Uh, would I recommend it? No, I wouldn't. No. Generally speaking, for an amateur to take on commission work is putting their head on the chopping block. And right. I guarantee sleepless nights. Okay, not recommended. I wouldn't recommend it, no. I, I tell you what, though, what I would have... Something I... Because I, my class used to ask me this all the time. What you can do is to say to them, look, I'm really not confident enough to do a picture, but I tell you what I will do. I will do the picture for me, not for you, because of the experience it will give me. And then when I finished it... I could show it to you, and if you like it, you can buy it. Now, that takes the pressure completely away from you because you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. It might be psychological, mm. but that does actually work. Yeah. So that's something you could you could consider doing. It's like an indirect approach to someone. It's not putting the pressure on you. That's so right. Just treat it like you're going to be using it as an experimental picture. Mm. And they know that. that it, and they know that. So their expectation will drop quite a bit. Mm. One of the surprising things is, with the average person in the street, they will, their expectation level will be about 60%. Let's just work on percentages. You will aim for 100%. You're not going to get 100%. You never will. But you'll probably hit around 80%. So you could say that that's 20% more than they would expect. On the ratio, you probably find they would be quite pleased with their end result. But that's still not going to solve your sleepless night problems. No. Because you're going to know that things are going wrong. There is another thing I could mention here too. We're talking about sleepless nights. I've had many a sleepless night because I've, I've left my work that I've had trying with a problem. I'd got to a particular problem in my work. I thought, oh, I can't solve it, and I couldn't solve it. So I put it away, and a sleepless night. Because it worries you. You constantly worry. You wake up in the middle of the night in a sweat, cold sweat. How am I going to get over this problem? What I always recommend, and what I recommend to my students, is you always leave your picture on a high. So as you're working during an evening, you think you get to a point where... You think, hmm, I'm going to have to pack this in soon because I'm getting tired. Wait until you've just finished a really good bit, something you're really pleased with, and then put your pencils away and go to bed. You'll have a lovely night's sleep. It does work, folks. Mm. I've been there. So what would you, how would you get around the charging side? The, the charging, this is almost impossible to give you a, a figure. Even now, I balk at charging people. It, it, it's a very difficult thing to do. Generally speaking, when you're starting out, I usually tell my class to double the framing price because if they're going to frame it and it's going to cost them £40, they should charge £80 at least. If you charge too high and the, pic and the picture isn't really worth it, you're going to have a problem in people talking about you. If you undercharge, you're then not doing the service to the picture. You see how difficult this is. Yeah. I, I really can't give a price. Normally, I would say to people, double the framing charge. So what your framing charge is going to be 50, you know, 50 pounds, say, then you would charge 100 pounds. If it's 20 pounds, you charge 40 pounds as a start. But you may look at that and think, oh, I don't know, that's a bit cheap. So you can use that as a guideline and say, well, instead of 50 pounds, maybe I could charge 60 pounds. Mm. Keep it low to start with. You can always creep it up, you know, as you, you get better and better and better, you can start raising your prices. Mm. 
Okay, well, that about concludes another episode. It's flown by again, it hasn't has, it? Another it? long episode for everyone to listen to. But I did say before we were going, I would mention a little taste of what oh, we've got right, to come. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, put them out in the misery scene. Yeah. <laughs> so last week, we went to Westgate, an art club in Westgate. Do you remember the name? Uh, Westgate Art and Craft Club. Well done. <laughs> I didn't remember that. <laughs> we went there to do, well, you did a demonstration, didn't you, for I them did, all? I did, yeah. So yes. we had about 50 people turn up to a live demonstration. Yep. And we filmed it. Yep. And we did a Q&A session. Uh-huh. Yep. And what I'm hoping for everyone um, to enjoy is not only the live demonstration on YouTube. Yes. So we're going to edit, I'm going to edit that cut that um, down and edit that for YouTube. Also, I'm going to hopefully extract the Q&A and one podcast will have and play the live Q&A. That's great, isn't it? So everyone will be able to listen to the live Q&A session that happened, hopefully, at the Westgate Art Crafts Club. Wow, something to look forward to there. Yes, and indeed the live demonstration on YouTube. Yes. So that's something that you can all look forward to. Okay, let's call it a day there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy Enjoy your week. week. Can I have your tea now, Dad? No, don't fancy it this week. Really? Yeah, of course I do. I'm only joking.